Hi, this is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find it at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Our plan is to have our yearly conference in person, live and in person this September. Uh, Fingers crossed that is still an option. Uh, But either way, we are always offering things online, classes, information. Check it out at pnwa.org. Something a little different today. Interviewed two authors at the same time, yes. Um, two authors who uh, took, who were one of two of seven who contributed to a collection of essays and poems called Writing While Masked, all about reflections of, on life during the uh, virus, especially during lockdown. And I talked to both of them uh, what that was like and just what it's like to work together and be in a writing group. And it was a really great conversation, actually. Uh, Beth Weir is a former elementary uh, teacher and college professor in education with an interest in literacy acquisition. She has had a lifelong interest in oral storytelling and is the author of Introducing Children to Folk Tales. She has published articles in airline and gardening magazines and blogged on behalf of Dunn Gardens when she worked as the director for five years. And Tyson Greer is an award-winning writer who for 20 years ran her own media company, Tyson Greer Writes, writing on topics from art to, uh, to virtual reality for national, regional, and local magazines. She also wrote and directed corporate television and documentaries, which aired on local cable and KCTS9, and taught screenwriting for the University of Washington. She authored a book for the Microsoft Pr- uh, Press Strategic Technology series that was published in eight languages and has contributed to ghostwritten or edited other nonfiction books. She's also an accomplished visual artist whose works are in U.S. private collections and like I said, talked a lot about it, a lot about a lot of interesting things. And uh, here's that conversation now. Enjoy. Well, Tyson, Beth, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a little different today, people. We've got I've got not one but two authors, and these two women. And so we've got Elizabeth, Beth Weir. Say hello again, Beth, so people can recognize you. Hello, everyone. Yes, that's Beth. And then Tyson, say hello again. I'm, I'm Tyson. I'm the one without the New Zealand accent. Right. So listening, <laughs> that you know. So we're talking to two people, but they are two of only, only two of seven women who published uh, just recently. When did it come out? When did Writing While Mass come out? Well, the second one came out January 3rd. Uh, 2022. So it's brand new baby. Brand new baby. So it's seven authors. Okay. So this is an unusual project. Uh, so let's back up. It begins. Well, first of all, let's just learn a little bit about you. Uh, Beth, you were telling me how you started as a once upon a time elementary school teacher. I did. Yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. And did you teach in New Zealand or here in the U.S.? I taught in New Zealand. And when I came to the U.S., in 1976, I had the wrong everything. I didn't have a, I didn't have any um, visa oh, or any of that stuff that right. would let me work. So I went back to school and I got a PhD and I taught then at the college level for 20 years. 
Wow. And um, my interest is reading, literacy, storytelling. So I've always been interested in writing. And so you taught literacy and storytelling at the college level to undergraduates or all sorts Both. of graduates and undergraduates. Uh-huh. Okay, excellent. So you do have your relationship to writing is is interesting because first of all, you're an academic, so you got to write. But I know, I know, I know, academic writing different than creative writing, but not, not yeah. completely different. Um, but also, you're teaching people about stories and reading, so your interest was obviously focused around that. And Tyson, you you too had a relationship to writing that date, predates this book, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I wrote my first short story when I was nine. And- Aha! Aha! <laughs> hey, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is the average age most writers decide they want to write is nine. Anyway, sorry, go on. Then I took a big detour. Um, okay. I think my first story wasn't reviewed very well um, by my mother <laughs> um, because it had to do with a nasty stepmother who kept getting rid of this child's pets. So uh, oh. I turned away from writing um, and went into visual arts. So I was a practicing painter and sculptor for years. And then, so going from two dimensions, I kept adding dimensions, you know, painting into sculpture. (laughs) And then as time went on into new media and computers, and uh, I kept up with the uh, freelance writing. I did that for about 25 years. Um, Lots of magazine articles, went into video, corporate television, documentaries. Were you writing... um... Were you writing about the art world or just whatever? Sometimes. Um, my magazine articles were free teacher articles, so I could really have fun with interesting topics from, you know, the buskers down in Pioneer Square right. to the latest in virtual reality. Wow. Well, why go for what? How did just quickly how the transition from the visual arts to writing? How did that happen? Was it just a natural sort of that I went back to it? Um, hard to say. I think it's easier. Um, that's a good question. I think the writing is kind of like to me the boy next door. It's always been there. Yeah. It's been it's yeah. been a lot of nonfiction, a lot of nonfiction, the occasional forays into fiction. Um, but you know, when you're young and you're moving from city to city, it's really hard to pack sculpture around. It's a lot easier <laughs> to pack. Books. It's true. I was gonna say you went from two dimensions to three dimensions to no dimensions because writing. I always say of all the arts, and I I love theater, and I play music, and I write music, and I act, blah, blah, blah. But the writing, you can't use your five senses, not in the practice of it, really. It's all thought, you know? And yeah. so you don't get to touch anything, smell anything. You just- But you better about write about those five senses. That's, well, oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. That's different. Okay, so, all right. So you you were a sculptor. A non essayist, uh, feature writer, professor, teacher. Interesting. But then here you are in Seattle and a group is formed, a writing group. Does this group have a name, by the way? Um, <laughs> we struggled with it because we knew about the seven writers in, in Seattle before, yeah, so, before right. we, and, and we were seven and it seemed like a good name, but no, so the, the, the short answer is no, we, we don't okay. really have a, have a name. Okay, so, but a writing group formed. Uh, initially, it sounds like that, Tyson, you were not one of the founding uh, no. members. Okay, so when did that, the, the first group begin, Beth? Well, it was about 10 years ago, and um, 
I just happened to run into somebody I liked during a class and we sort of talked about setting up a group and I had a friend who was retiring and she had another friend, you know, was one of those, one of those knock on things. And we got together, there were four of us and it was all very, very amateurish. We had no idea what we were doing. And then over time, um, some of us would say, we get, we'd get, asked about it and uh, one of the members came and said well, I met this interesting woman her name's Tyson I think she'd fit into the group and so Tyson joined us and then we had another two follow on from that but I think we're sort of at limit right now because that that works very nicely as a group yeah. uh, there's always a critical mass because if somebody's traveling we still we still got enough people to meet and um, we have enough time for each other that way now Tyson had you ever been a part of a writing group before you joined this one no, actually, I've been looking for one for a couple of years, and uh, joining a writing group is a little bit like getting married. Oh. There's a lot of trust involved. Yes, there is. Um, yes, there is. And so I was inviting to. They didn't say audition. They were polite about it and said, "Let's let's see how the chemistry works." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, and it worked. And and I thought after three or four meetings, they'd say, "Okay, you're in." And finally, after the fifth meeting, I had to say, "Are you guys going to teach me the secret handshake or not?" <laughs> And they said, okay, it's yeah. the elbow, we touched the elbow. So, uh, and well, that that's interesting. And so I think it was very wise, whoever came up with the concept, the audition to, or whatever we call that, because, you know, writing is such a personal thing and talking about the writing is so personal and it's such a, re- I, I do think it's important that you acknowledge that it might not work um, yeah. right out of the gate. And that you just like going on a date, really, you got to, you can't date anybody. So Whose idea was that to, to have that process? Do you remember? No. no. I'm, betting no. Was, I'm betting it was Beth because she's really organized. Well, well it's, it's, a, it's a very <laughs> organic group and these things tend to evolve. Yeah. So there are a lot of writing groups. So it, and I assume, uh, although I don't know, that you would sit around and would you actually, actually the Seattle Seven, I should say, the ones you were referencing, whom I, a lot of whom I know, uh, I think they would actually write for a, for a while. They would get together and actually write while they were gathered, I think. Did you actually write or did you just bring stuff you had written, which was, or both? No, we, we, we brought something we had written and we meet once a week and we have rather strict rules. They're informal, but we have always- Give them to me, give them to me. We meet on a Tuesday at one o'clock at somebody's house okay. and the somebody pr- produces coffee and maybe some carrots. To chew on. You know, nothing, wow. nothing very austere. Rare. Yeah. Well, sometimes you get more than carrots, but, um, <laughs> but then we, and we each read and we have a, we have a rather strict format about, about how you give feedback that you always praise what you think works and, um, ask questions that you know were you were you drinking something when you wrote that you know but, but we <laughs> now have such a level of trust that we we're okay yeah and, that is so important this yeah, I yeah. just my last interview was with a wonderful woman um Nancy Ar- Ar- Sloan Aroni who joined a writing group in her I don't know how old she was maybe in her 40s or 50s and it was a very prestigious group who criticize her so thoroughly she just stopped writing for two years it was such an unpleasant brutal experience and that's obviously not what you do so that's great and but the reason i ask and i don't know maybe either one of you can answer um there's a lot of writing groups out there that don't last 10 years you know they last a year six months maybe two years and then 
everybody dwindles off. I know the group when I, I was part of a group once, what happened is I was the only one writing in the end. So it was just, I was the one bringing stuff. So what do you attribute the longevity to? I don't know, Tyson, what do you think? Well, I think it's because we allowed it to evolve organically. Um, and also because although we have strict rules, we also have a lot of flexibility. Like you don't have to bring something every week. Mm -hmm. And and as, as we, in the beginning, I think when I joined, um, we probably spent the last 15 minutes of the meeting deciding when the next meeting was. Right. And so then we evolved. And I think this was Beth who said, you know, our calendars are kind of crazy. So why don't we just nail down Tuesday at one o'clock? But also um, we're undergoing a small change now. Um, Beth and Wanda and Susie are, and uh, Laura, have their big projects that they've been working on that are coming to a point where they need more feedback than here's right. five pages. Right. And so now we're evolving again. So being able to continue to evolve to meet the needs of the group and keep that communication open and honest, um, I think is what allows us to continue on. I heard somebody say once, and having really never been a part of a real long going writing group and certainly not gone to school for it, that a good writing group is like, is as good as an MFA class. This is good and actually going that you can get as much out of that steady. If you like that feedback, it can mm -hmm. produce as much sort of learning and support and just the experience of having people respond to your work, I think is so important that it, that it's not just the vacuum of right. your own mind, you know? Yeah. You can play tennis against the backboard for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But that gets thin. Yeah. You need, yeah. you need, you need feedback and then you need to mature as a writer to be able to take the feedback or say, well, thank you. That's a very interesting idea. And you know that that idea will just fall on the floor, yeah. you know, with a couple of crumbs and that's that. I always tell my students, like you're at the end of the day, you're the author and you have to have the right to say, that's interesting. No, thank you. Just uh, yeah. you have to be able to say that. All right. So there you are. You're all writing. And it's from the sounds of it, people are, um, getting serious about it in that there's, they are interested in maybe sharing with, people beyond the six other members of the group is that Ferris is, is there mm. interest or not are they saying no this is enough no I don't think it came from that I think it was um you mean um our book in other words publishing that. something and it's somebody okay. in other words oh, oh. someone saying I'd like to publish this poem somewhere or here's a short story I'd like to publish yeah, yeah, we, we've, we've evolved into that we have and, and actually uh, Laura's been publishing poetry um I've got some nonfiction books under my belt Right. But it wasn't that. It was more that in addition to the, the novels and memoirs and poems we were writing, we were also writing poems and essays about 2020, the things that were happening. Right. Okay. And so. it was from that that, uh, and again, I think it was Beth that said, you know, we've got a lot of material because sometimes we'd bring that in. You know, I yeah. wouldn't bring the latest chapter I've been working on in my novel. I would say, well, I wrote this essay and I just love your feedback as part of learning to grow as a writer, improving the craft. And so, then said, um, well, you know, we go on material, I'm interested. Let's just get this out for family and friends. Let's just not bother with the agent. Let's just get it out. So that's how it started. But uh, so I wanna say, let's back up. Uh, so you're writing along and then bango, COVID hits, right? And so you, obviously you're gathering in a room when you were there was no need to Zoom. You all lived in the Seattle area. Is that correct or not? Or were you? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So COVID hits and 
so how did that go? So first you guys had to disperse to, to, to virtual. How did that go? Well, none of us liked it, but that was no, <laughs> there was no option. Right. And then, of course, we were ecstatic during the summer because we would sit outside in somebody's yard six feet apart, and most of us are going deaf, so we all had to read very loud. <laughs> <laughs> but but we managed that way. Okay. Yeah. And was that and was that great? Because I mean, I remember that it wasn't that long ago, but it's so strange. Like you really aren't getting out of your house except to shop or whatever. Right. Right. And so was that was it a great relief to actually see? Yeah, it, it was. It was. I mean, it was only a, it was only half a loaf, but it was because we had to sit so far apart and yeah, and masks and all that sort of stuff. But no, but it was much better. And you naturally did. You both will talk to you too. Do you just naturally find yourself writing about this new experience? Like, I've, even though you might have had some other project going, now that you're living through this brand new thing, you've just got to talk about it. Yeah, I absolutely. So. I yeah. think. Yeah, that I mean, that happened to me. I was writing regular essays and I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm writing about now. Right. Um, and so and did you how did the can you each talk to this? Maybe each answer this. like, how did the writing help you with that? What did it when you think about how it shifted your perspective, it helped you deal with it? How did it help you, if at all? Maybe it didn't. I think it did. I think for one thing, when you um, achieve a certain number of four score, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know how important it is to, to, to track your history. And we knew from the beginning of 2022 that this was going to be a historical period like none other. Yeah. There were so many threads of trauma, so many threads of catastrophe that were coalescing. Yeah. And to be able to write it down because your grandchildren or your nephews and nieces they're not going to have the same perspective as you did. And people started going back and reading about the, um, uh, the, the 1918 pandemic. Yeah. With interest, like what happened? What happened? <laughs> if you don't write these details down, you forget them. You forget what it was like to be hypervigilant in a grocery store. Yeah. Not, not that that's earth shaking, but you also forget that right after George Floyd was killed, which by the way, two years, two days, two day, it's coming the anniversary is just right upon us. Is it how I forget the exact date? Um, May the 25th. Oh, May the 25th. Wow. So it's just and okay. Right after that, 2,000 cities erupted in protest in every single state. Yeah. And if yep. you don't remember it, you won't remember it 10 years from now. Right. So the, so the, so they're just the pure historical aspect of it really struck you as profound. Yeah. And what about you, Beth? Well, for me, it was sort of a way of, it felt that the whole year felt as though it was tilting sideways all the time. Yeah. Because as Tyson said, there was one thing after another. I mean, and there was an election and all of that that went around with that, uh, along with the social justice and et cetera. And so it was a way of hanging on to, to the threads in our own lives and to try and make sense of what was going on, basically. And to see... I mean, each of us really had the deluxe version of luxury, of um, sacrifice rather, because we had the luxury of staying home and we didn't have to go to work and sure. comfortable in our own homes. And I didn't even have to worry about children. So, I mean, right. we had the best of it as such, but even then it was stressful. Yeah. And um, so it was just a way of just keeping in touch with ourselves, basically. I always think that writers 
I mean, I, I'm home all the time anyway, so it wasn't actually a huge change. I mean, I had to teach virtually, which I didn't like at first, but I got used to it. But also, I do think this is one thing that it doesn't, I don't know if you guys would like to comment, but as my wife's an artist too and a writer, and so we're used to being alone and turning within for connection to life. When I think a lot of people go out for connection, they they go to the restaurant, like that's how they connect to life and they couldn't do it anymore. And I think as a writer, you have to go in because that's all you got. Yeah. Right. Does that resonate with that, you guys? That resonates. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It absolutely does. It's <clears throat> as a writer or as any kind of an artist, you find you process things through your creativity. It's how, how you come to understand them. And it's how you also see how the things that are happening in your little life are happening on a wider scale. So it helps you understand the world. Yeah. And so, all right, so the, the Writing While Mass, you said started is just like, we'll release it for friends and family, but it is published by uh, the Washington State Press, my Washington Basalt, State? Basalt Books, yes. Yeah, so um, Basalt Books, thank you. So obviously you went and decided to publish it traditionally. Um, I like working with publishers, but I am the writer <laughs> and they are not. And I can help, they can help me and it's great, but I get the final say. Seven authors. <laughs> uh, so how, how did that work in terms of cooks and the broth? Like what, like, how did that go? Was it, was it amenable? Was it fractious? Yeah, absolutely amenable. Yeah. Well, yeah. how teach us the secret sauce there. <laughs> I don't know that we have it because um, we had self-published this book first. Okay. And we had made a, a donate. We made, and I think we were surprised initially at at the reception of the book because we figured everybody's going through this. They're not going to read about it. Right. They like to read about it again, like relive it. But um, the reception to the book was very positive. And we, we made a substantial donation to uh, a literacy source, which is right. the, um, which is the charity. And, and the book became published when it was recommended to want to us to actually approach Basalt Books and ask them about it. And they were very receptive and um, they really didn't change anything. They just told us we couldn't write much more. We said, oh, we can't publish it the same way. We have to add some more and put some more things in. So they, they squashed us down in terms of how much more we could add. But they they left the artistic bit to us. Wow, oh, that's nice. That's and you liked your editor right? there? So you liked your editor, whoever you were with? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Highly recommend Basalt Books. It was their first foray into non-academic Washington State, Washington State University's press's first foray into a non-academic um, content. And we were actually the first ones that they, first book that they published. Hey, good, good. Now they're going to do more. Thank you to you. You've given them a good experience <laughs> and now they'll bring in more authors. I'm very excited. No, they, they were, we can't speak highly enough of them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a very gratifying experience. And I know that you... Uh, Beth was saying that just, was it yesterday, a couple of days ago, you did an event at Third Place Books. You did a reading, the two of you, yeah? Right. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about that. Had either of you ever done a book reading before? No. Um, the, the books that, that I've published have been um, nonfiction. So nobody wants to gather around, you know, with a group of people to hey, listen people to People come to my and- events. 
not no, no, no. I mean, to <laughs> yeah. talk about, uh, wow, how great it is to publish a book about a strategic technology series. Oh, it's I see. Oh, a warm yeah. and fuzzy topic. Yeah, tougher. Okay, so you, so you did, so you sat, you had full house, I understand, which is very exciting. 42 people. That's awesome. I, believe me, I have seen some wonderful authors have six people sitting out there in the rows of chairs. So what did you, I mean, as an emotional experience, what was it like for you to read and talk about it? Well, it's a great ego trip. Of course it is. <laughs> and especially when they were, the people who were there were interested and asked questions. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just nothing more gratifying than you think, well, all that sitting down for all those long times, it, it's um, somebody likes what I've done. Oh, it's also that they came out because yeah. um, we're still in the time period where a lot right. of us do not go out without a mask when more yep. than two or three are gathered together. Yep. And, uh, you know, I have kind of a pathological fear of an empty row. And I was a little worried that if all seven writers came up, there'd be seven writers and we pulling staff off the floor of third place <laughs> books to try to fill up the first row. Yeah. So it was, it was very heartwarming and that people actually came out and sat next to each other. I assume they didn't breathe a whole lot and were able to risk it and were there. Yeah. It's, just, you know, I think it's a lovely moment. And I think it's so important for authors because the thing is, when you're in your writing group, I mean, it's a great group, but you're still reading a certain kind of way. You're still reading, and it's yeah. not the way you read a book that you just buy. It's different because you're reading it for purely entertainment, inspiration, whatever. And it must, I hope it's gratifying for you to have your work received on that level, the way ultimately I think work is meant to be received, which is something to uplift, inform, entertain as opposed to just be talked about, you know, which is okay, but it's a different, it's not the way you read probably when you read a book. Does that make sense? Yes. It yeah. does. And I think it's really important um, connecting with a reader, a reader that's not yeah. your trusted yeah. cohort. Um, and a lot of people that came had read the first book, which is essentially the same as this, the, the Basalt book, um, except there's a um, knockout forward that, um, that's included in the book and our reflections at the end and there's some additional comment content but they came and as Beth said before they came and they asked questions and they were interested in the microcosm of the topic and the macrocosm that I will tell you that is unusual I've been to book events. I say, any questions? And I'm like, yeah, of course you don't have any questions. So I'm going to ask you questions and then we get the conversation right. going. So that's pretty good. That's gratifying. I think, I think what was so nice about this was that the people um, felt invited in and I think, and that we reached them emotionally, that they, they could see themselves in some of the stories, yeah. which is what you, what you want to do. And of course, it's stories and it's poems. There's a fair number of poetry in there. I've always felt that the poem is a close cousin of the memoir of the personal essay. I do feel like they're right. very similar right. roads to the same destination in a way. Right. You know, and so that's, that's a nice break in reading it that you're getting this variety of things and a variety of voices. Um, okay, well, so now that you are the, you've had this wild success with this book and you've gathered together, would you ever consider doing that again as a group have you discussed it at all is it, or is this like the Beatles breaking up is this and then you're going your separate ways oh I think it's kind of like we would run with our hair on fire if we were to do another book because it took time away 
from our our main books. Right. right. And and actually somebody mentioned that at a meeting. And I won't say we shouted her down. We're way too polite for that. <laughs> but um but 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 certainly certainly the um the message was clear. I don't think so. No. Because <laughs> no. you got your own thing. You got your own books, your own projects. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it sounds like the group is a great support for that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you each, I'm going to ask you two more questions. The first one general, because you've had such success with your group and, and there's a lot of our listeners are want are either part of groups that maybe they're a little dissatisfied with, or they're wanting to start a group. So what is your advice to people who want to start a group and really have it be a good, supportive, useful group? Mm. Well, I think probably the first thing to, to, for the group to collectively decide honestly is what level of critique they want. Mm. Are they, do they just want a, I want to hear myself read this out loud and I want to hear people nod and smile or do I want uh, just to get together and we'll just all sit down and write. Do we want to write with a prompt? Somebody comes up with a word or a sentence. Um, What do you want out of the group? And if you do want critique, um, are the people that are joining together and like most groups, I imagine it starts with a couple and then they, they spread out. Um, are you prepared to learn enough about critique so that you can give valuable critique and not just nodding and smiling or just uh, continuing to focus on copy editing? I think that should have been a capital. Well, I'm not sure if that should have been. A- <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know, we all should have subject verb agreement down before we start a writing group. That is good. That is really good. I particularly like the setting the rules because sometimes when people, and I want to get to you as well, Beth, but when people ask me to read stuff, I'll say, okay, but you better tell me right now, what do you want? Because I'll find something that I would do differently that just, do you want to even hear it? Make sure you know what you want from me before we read it. Okay, Beth, what would what would your advice be? To that, that I think the what do you want is the most important question of all. Um, because what it does is it makes you think about what, what you do want. I mean, you just written this thing. Yeah. And... Um, Sometimes it just comes out and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) And so so what is it that you, that you actually want to know? I think Tyson pretty well said it, but that's, that's, and, and we, it sort of sounds strange to have these strict time limits, but I think what that indicates is that we, that we respect each other's time. Yeah. That's, and that's what, and that's what it's all about. And so not, not everybody reads every time, but we will say who's got, and then we figure out how much time we have for that. I like it. Okay. All right. Those are good. Those really are good rules. I, I think a lot of writing groups have gone sideways because people just weren't conscious going into it. And those are great foundations. So write it down, people. If you haven't already. Okay. I got one more question for each of you. So now this one, you can't think about it, but I can only ask of you one at a time. So I'm going to start with, Beth, but it's going to be the exact same question to you, Tyson. So finish this sentence. <laughs> if writing... Oh, I don't like these. Yes. No, here we go. go if ahead. writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? It's taught me about myself because what I have discovered that I really like is that I can sit down for hours and do something that, that I can get so deep into thought that the world doesn't... The world doesn't... It Exist. <laughs> Yeah, and so and that's that's really um, that's quite gratifying to find that. Yes, I like it. I like that answer. Okay, Tyson, if writing has taught you anything, taught you what? 
I think writing has taught me about honesty. You have to be honest about your characters, about what your characters would and wouldn't do. So you can't push a character just to make a plot point work. And then to really understand your character. And so your character means you also in your life have to understand people. And by looking deeper and deeper into your writing and what's honest about what you're writing and what's honest about you and looking for honesty, you know when you hit it because there's just kind of a vibration like yeah that's it yep oh, can I, I just can i just say one more thing that yes I, you I may writing is that yes. when you go somewhere and you see somebody so there's a man you know a little overweight with a funny t-shirt and he's eating an ice cream and it's all dripping down his front and you think you're gonna go in the book I really <laughs> like you. so it gives you you know you just you you, think, you I get wonder, a different view of the world. I don't wonder you? what he had for breakfast. You that's know that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that's that's a great part of writing. It does. Writing gets does make makes you read differently. I think every it always changes the way you read, but it also changes how you view people. True. I will say for myself, when things are going sideways for me, I'm like, I don't like this, but it's going to make an essay. <laughs> I've got some <laughs> material is building in me. Hey. <laughs> Congratulations to, well, to all seven of you. I'm sorry, we only had two of you here, but congratulations to both of you. It's a great project. I hope you're proud of it. And uh, good luck on the projects that you're each doing on your own. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your interest. Honesty and ourselves. Writing does teach you about yourself does boy i keep learning about myself through it and i'll tell you when you're writing you can never go wrong if you're just honest not always so easy gotta reach for it sometimes but it's worth it yes it is okay i want to thank my producer rj jeffries thank you as always my friend and to all of you out there see just go find something you like to do something you want to write about something you love and do it